Well, it's great to see everyone. I'm glad you could come, and we also want to greet everyone that's watching online. Our Waze Church International Service held in the English language. Uh, no, English is not my first language. Actually, German is my first language, but I am trying in English, so I hope I get all the love I can get from here and also from, from at home. And uh, if you like this service, please share it on Facebook, on YouTube, or wherever you see us. Just share it and uh, help us to spread the news of uh, this new exciting church project. It's our third service only in English. And uh, as a matter of fact, we started in the middle of the corona crisis pandemic, and now we get to actually have a few people here. So we are working on this, and we want to make a difference in your life and people's lives all around the world. So today I have a special Father's Day message, and uh, I know that the subject of fatherhood is a very very emotional one. It's a very emotional, emotional day and also a very emotional topic. But I want to talk to you today about being a great father or just a great father. Here in the room, I see mainly women. So I guess the fathers get to stay home for Father's Day. I don't know. Or uh, <laughs> you are uh, later taking care of your fathers. But this message is not just for men or fathers. It's actually for all of us. Every one of us has a father, or no? Or at least somebody who produced you, you know? Depending on your relationship to the man who is responsible for you being in this world. And being a great father is what I want to be. I'm not saying that I am, but I'm wanting to be. I'm trying to be. I've certainly made my share of mistakes and uh, fumbles, but uh, I told Christy yesterday, actually, that my goal in life now is very simple. I want to be a great father. That also includes being a great grandfather. I don't mean great grandfather. I mean great grandfather. I will hopefully be someday a great grandfather, but at this point in my life, I want to be a great father. I want to be a successful father. And I do believe if that's all that I achieve in this life, I'm successful. How many women would agree with that? If a man is a great father, he's a su successful man, right? Would you agree with that? So I believe that's really the truth. And last week, we had a message about the racial tension, the racial situation that's going on, that really the outbreak started in America with the death of George Floyd, and uh, many riots and many demonstrations have happened since then, which is probably not the solution, but there is a deep problem in our society. And if you talk to any black leader, you know, colored leader, uh, godly leader, man of God, or even great leaders that are black in our society, especially in the United States, they will tell you one thing. The main problem, the root problem, the huge problem that the black community has is fatherlessness. Fatherlessness. And I would say that's not just in the black community, that's in the whole world, in the whole community. We have a fatherlessness 
problem. And because producing a child is not <laughs> what really makes you a father. You know, everyone, like I said, has someone who's responsible for you to come into this world, and, but that does not make you a father. But we need fathers. How many women would agree? We need fathers. We need father figures. We need uh, surrogate fathers. We need men. We need uncles. We need grandfathers. We just need men who will take the role of a father. You know, there's men that never have their own offspring, that never have their own physical child, but really they are great fathers in our society. We need them in the soccer club or tennis club. We need them in the school amongst teachers. We need them, you know, everywhere in the family where there is a lack or where there is a void of fatherhood. We need to fill that void with men of God, with men after God's own heart. And I, I know you all agree, right, women? You agree with me on that for sure because you know that there's many women out there that are raising young boys and young girls all by themselves with no help of an earthly father, and yet they need a father, and there is a way to handle this, and I will get into that later, because that void needs to be filled. We need father figures in our world. Now, I came across something very interesting in my preparation of this message, and I want to share that with you. I mean, I knew this for a long time because I've been reading my Bible, obviously, but it kind of hit me in the face this week as I prepared, and that's the last verse of the Hebrew Bible, meaning the Old Testament. See, we Christians call it the Old Testament. Uh, a Jew would call it the Hebrew Bible or the Torah or the you know, Tanakh or whatever, but it's actually the Hebrew Bible. We call it the Old Testament. Why do we call it the Old Testament? Well, we have a New Testament, so if we have a New Covenant, there's an Old Covenant, but a Jew wouldn't call it that, obviously. But the last verse, the very last verse in the Old Testament is Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, and it reads as follows. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Let's read this again. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Obviously, this actually in context means that the Jewish people would go back to their forefathers, to their forefathers' faith, the, the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, their forefathers. But in a, in a smaller sense, it also means that God wants us to have father figures who give us the faith and, and he wants to unite the hearts of the fathers back with the children and the children back to their fathers. But the main reason I wanted to bring that verse is because it shows us what God wants for us. He wants us to have a father. And even if you have no father, no earthly father anymore, or the relationship to your earthly father is not what it should be or could be, I want you to take courage in this. You are not alone. I would say way more than not, the father relationship is not a good one, okay? It's, uh, it's a huge problem, you know? Like I said, in every society, and uh, we all have issues 
with our earthly fathers at some time or another. So I want us to reflect today. Can we reflect a little bit on fatherhood? Now, if you're a father watching, I want you to know this information can greatly benefit you. Greatly benefit you. If you are a father, you need this. You need to hear this and you need to look yourself in the eye, in the mirror about these five qualities we're going to talk about today. Uh, if you had or have a good father, I want you to be really thankful. You are in the minority for sure. If you had a good father or have a good father, I want you to show appreciation today. And you will probably appreciate that much more. In the first service, I had a, a young lady come up to me uh, with tears in her eyes. She said, well, I have a great father and I'm going to show him today. I didn't realize how great, how great my father really was until the words you've spoken today. Isn't that wonderful? When we actually realize my father is better than I thought he was, you know, that's kind of awesome. So, but I know those situations vary and they're all very, very different. Uh, if you do not have a good father or you did not have a good father, there's a void. And uh, I want you to understand today the void that there is and it must be filled. Um, if you are a mother raising young boys and girls without a father, you also need to realize this is very valuable information for you today because you need to realize your children have need or needs that only a father can really give and you need to give them as good as you can what the father should have been there for to give and is not there. But here's the good news. These voids, these voids need to be filled and these voids can be filled by other men in culture. Okay, I really believe that with all my heart. Now, if you're a man watching that is not a father, you don't have any earthly offspring, I want you to realize you, you are called to be a father. You are called to be a father for fatherless uh, children and other people in this world. No matter what your situation might be or looks like, I believe this message is valuable for you. And every man that calls himself a father, whether he's 18 or 88, needs to have these five things we will talk about today. Now, if you are a woman that is raising children by yourself, you need to know one thing. You don't need uh, a macho guy, a Casanova guy, a hot guy. You don't need that. That's, believe me, it goes away, okay? It, it, it just, it, it doesn't stay. I mean, it, you know, it used to look good. Now it's like the belly. Uh, you don't need a sex champion. You need a true man of God, right? Uh, and all those guys uh, acting like all macho and sexy, sexy, they're not real men. They're weak. They're not men. They've never seen a real man. I hope the girls and the younger children forgive me for my statements, but uh, this is Father's Day. I get to say what I want. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, please forgive me. You understand what, what a, a true man is, is not after flesh. A true man is after tr being a true father at the heart. A, a, a man after God's own heart. So if, whether he's 18 or 88, a true man is not what culture tells us a, a true man is. It's what the Bible tells us a true man is. And that's what we will look at, at today. And the five qualities start with number one. 
a great father is a protector. A great father is a protector. He's protective. He protects his family. He protects his wife. And he protects his children. Amen? He does everything to protect. Now, now children, listen to me. If, if dad sometimes gets on your nerves with stupid questions, where have you been? He loves you. Where have you been? Who's that guy? Why are you talking to him? You know, what are you doing? Where have you been? Who is that? And so on and so forth. That's because father has a protective heart. And he's just sometimes nervy, but he takes his responsibility. And he feels the responsibility. He's on a mission. He has an assignment. And a true man understands that one day he gives back his family to God. And the words he wants to hear is, well done, you good and faithful servant. Now, when we think about management or being, having responsibility for things, we often think about things like money, you know. We're managers of our money or managers of our business or managers of the, the things we have. And it all belongs to God, right? It's all His. We just get to use it. We just get to, to use it for God. We get to manage it. We are stewards. We really are. That's the perfect word, really. We are stewards of everything God has given to us. But what most people forget is, especially men, is that our families are given to us. This is not really my woman. It's God's woman. This is not really my daughter. It's God's daughter. These are not my sons. These are God's sons. And the day will come, I will give it all back to him. All the money he's given me, if I don't give it now, it'll I have to give it back someday. I mean, I, it's like Monopoly. It all goes back in the box, right? Uh, no matter what happens in life, how, much, how many hotels you accumulate, how many houses you accumulate, how many you know, streets you buy or whatever, it all goes back in the box. And it's the same with this life. The day will come we have to give it all back. And God will ask us, what did you do with the daughter I gave you? What did you do with the sons I gave you? How did you handle the family I gave you? We all give it back. Amen? That's very, very, very important. So he is a protector. And the words I want to hear is, well done, you good and faithful servants. You have to understand something about men. A man is not a woman, but you realize that already, right? We are different. We, we think different. We pray different. We, we're just different, you know? Uh, a woman is all feel and, and emotion. We can be emotional too. But a man is more factual. You know, when a woman prays, she prays and cries and, and, and gets on her knees. When a, when a man prays, he says, hey, God, I need 500 euro next week, you know. Uh, it's very practical. It's all different. We're different. And so we may not look as spiritual sometimes as a woman does. But, I mean, women are definitely more spiritual than men usually, but we're just different. And you have to understand, a lot of times we're just quiet. Uh, we don't say anything because we are protecting. We don't, want to, we don't want to tell you everything because we want to protect you. And the truth is, some things you will never see about your man or your husband or your father until he's gone. Because here's, here's what I've know, known. When we are leaders, when we are in the front leading, we, we block the wind. We block the storm. 
See? And you may have never been really thankful and grateful for your dad or for your husband until you realize a lot of things you don't deal with because he deals with it before it ever gets to the family. But we don't know the worth of a man until he's gone. We don't know the worth of a man until he has passed away most of the time. Now, if he passes away and life gets better, well, you know also what's going on, okay? Uh, that's the other side. But generally, men keep secrets. They keep also things away from their family, but not because they're bad, because they want to protect what God has given to them. Uh, at the same time, it should be without saying, we, don't, we should not protect our kids from everything. Overprotective is not good. You know, especially in the time we live now, uh, protecting the kids, like they call them helicopter parents, I believe. They just, everything is, you know, just watching everything. Man, when I grew up, I was gone uh, in the afternoon after school playing, playing soccer, playing tennis, and uh, being with my friends. And I knew when to be home, but, uh, you know, my parents let me be. So we can't overprotect them either. We have to be wise but a good father, a great father, is a protector. And when it comes to my family, Christy and I will fight for the family. And whatever we go through, we fight together for it because we fight for the family. That's the most valuable thing you have. That makes you truly successful. Not the money you have, not the body you have. It's good to have money. It's good to be healthy and have a good-looking body. But the most important thing is that you are a man or a woman after God's own heart, and that you fight for the family. The family, friends, you know this, men, you know this, women, you know this, the enemy, the devil, our enemy is, tr our adversary is trying to get the family. Because if he destroys the family, he destroys society. And why does he go after the dad? Because if the dad crumbles, if the fathers crumble, the family will crumble. The fatherlessness is a big problem in our society. So we have a protector. Number two, a great father is not only a protector, a great father is a provider. He provides for his family. And I'm not just talking about money. This is way more than money. Now, there's even situations where the wife, the woman, makes more money than the husband. Those situations do exist, and that's okay that doesn't make the dad a, a worse man or a weaker man, but he's there to provide with wisdom. He's there to provide with friendship. He's there to provide with counsel. He's there to provide with perspective. He's a giver. A true man is a giver. See, God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son. And in in James 1.17, it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights with whom is no change, no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So a great father is a giver. That doesn't mean that he has to be rich. It doesn't mean that he has to have millions or even thousands in the bank account. It just means he gives to his family. He adds to your life. Your life is fuller and richer because of your father, if he's a great father. If he's stingy, he's not a good father. That's just a matter of the way it is. If he's stingy, he's not a good father. 
And young ladies, young ladies watching, young ladies here, when you date a boy or date a man and he is not generous, leave him. Now, if you're married, you can't, yeah? Uh, but <laughs> but, but if, if you're dating a man, if you're dating a young man, a, a boy, and the, the guy is stingy and you, he, he takes you out to eat in a restaurant and then splits the bill with you, run! The man should pay, right? Amen? If you go for a coffee or ice cream... And he says, well, let's go Dutch. That means let's split. <laughs> That's actually what we say in America. Let's split the bill, you know. Hey, forget it. That's not what should happen. We have a funny story. Christy and I, we started dating in end of May, June, right? Around that time. End of May, middle of May, 1989. And I impressed her so much. We All summer, I, we went to eat every day. We went out every day and I paid everything. And then my money was out. Then see, she started paying for everything. <laughs> but that's the truth, right? So, but for three months, every day we were together. We were so in love. And every day we would just be, it was summer. Summer of, eight, not summer of 69, summer of 89, okay? Now, this is 31 years ago that we started dating. Two years later, in 91, we started, well, actually, we didn't start getting married. We were married. And, but the first three months, I paid for everything. And I played the big, big spender. You know, I just said, hey, whatever it costs, baby, I'm paying, you know. Uh, watch those guys too, please. Yep, they're uh, trying to impress. <laughs> but uh, uh, then the money ran out, but she was not tired of me. She said, okay, no problem. You have no more money? I have the money now. <laughs> so, so she came in. But if the man is stingy, a father should not be stingy. A husband should not be stingy. A boyfriend should not be stingy. That's very important. And even think about how God made our bodies. We are actually the carrier of the seed. We, uh, you know, if you think about it, even our bodies are made in a way that we are the givers. And the woman is the receiver of the seed. And that's how human life is created. So that should give us a sign of how it should be. The man should be the, the giver. Not just, sec uh, not just sexually, in every single way. Okay, I promise next week I won't talk that much about that, okay? But okay. So he's the provider. Very important. So a great father is a protector. A great father is a provider. And a great father is a promoter. And not just himself. He promotes his family. He promotes his children. Now, when God the Father spoke at the baptism of Jesus, what did he say? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. He promoted the son. And that's what we should do with our children. We should promote our children. Now, there should not be any competition between dad and son. I mean, that's how it sometimes goes, unfortunately. I hope there's no competition between dad and daughter. That would be really crazy. But I've seen it many, many times that there was competition between dad, and son. Especially if they do a similar thing or they do have the same kind of profession. That's not right. My, my heart would be that my, my kids get better than I am. That they are more successful than I am. That's my, my heart because it's not about me. It's not about my life. It's about your children's lives. Do you realize that? Now, Christy lives that like no other person that I know. She's a woman. She's a mother. But we're talking to the fathers today. But Christy, I know this for years. She has one goal. 
she doesn't care. Honestly, you may not believe this. She, she, she would quit singing tomorrow. She would quit singing tomorrow. She likes singing. She loves singing. But one, sh one thing she would never quit is being the mother for her children she's always been. She is a mother that wants nothing else but her children invested, successful, and most of all, fruitful. And most of all, uh, having God in their heart. So it's not about us as parents. It's about our children. And, you know, Satan fights us, but he doesn't fight me or you for me. He fights us for our children. Now, he would love for me to do stupid things. You know why? Because if I do stupid things, that will go to the next generation. And the Bible says it will go down to the fourth generation. And every man, I believe this with all my heart, is responsible for four generations. Now, children's, children's, children's. And if we, if we look at our life, let's say you have a problem. If you're a boy, you have a problem with a certain thing in your life, addiction or whatever it may be, look back. Look at your father. Look at your grandfather. Look at your great-grandfather. Most likely, there's a generation, a generational curse. And I don't mean that in a spiritual way. What I mean is, I get sometimes asked, is there a generational curse still intact? If you believe in Jesus, it's gone. We are a new creature. All things are passed away. All things become new. If your father is Adolf Hitler and you become a Christian, you have a new father, right? You have a new father, spiritually speaking. But in the natural, if your father was an alcoholic, maybe your grandfather was an alcoholic, and the guy in front of, before him was an alcoholic, now, that's a curse that has to be broken. So who's going to break it? You. If you don't, how, how many generations will it continue? So I've looked very closely at my life just recently, and I've looked at my father and my grandfather, and as far as I could look, I mean, I don't, I've never known my great-grandfather, but I do know one thing. There's things I do not want to repeat. I say this again. There's things I don't want to repeat, and it stops with me. So my goal now is to become the great father I can be. I don't care about fame. I don't want to be famous. Honestly, I don't. I used to want to be famous. As a young man, I used to want to be famous. I, I'm honest with you. That was, one, that was a goal of mine, to become famous. I want, I want, first, I wanted to be a, a little bit, you know, tennis was, was, an, was an issue. As a young boy, I wanted to be a famous tennis player. Then later, when I was a, I did a little bit of modeling, believe it or not, yeah, uh, I want to become an actor, become a famous actor maybe. So that was like it, always in the back of my head. Today, thank you, Jesus. I don't want, I don't want fame. You know, if what I do makes me known, so be it. But my goal is to be a father after God's own heart. Promoting my children and not myself. And that, that curse has to be broken. That curse has to be broken. So if you see a curse in your family, don't be mad. Don't, don't be mad at your dad. You try to stop it. You try to stop it with your life, especially if you're a man. Stop, break the curse. So number four is the father 
is a priest. He's a priest in his home. The man is the priest over his home. What is a priest? A priest is about access. A priest is about going to God. In the Old Testament, who could go to God? Only the priest, right? Now, in the New Testament, women and men, we're all priests. We all get to go directly to the throne of God. We directly into heaven's throne. But the Father has a priestly role in his family. That means he has to have a prayer life. He must pray, a praying man. Otherwise, you will break if you don't pray. You must take your trouble somewhere. Where does a man take his troubles? He can't take all his troubles to his children. He can't take all his troubles to his wife. He will take a lot of them to his wife. But many troubles he does not take to his wife. He needs to bring them to God. If there's lack, he shouldn't go whine to his children and his wife. He can talk about it, but he needs to seek the face of God. He's the priest over his own family. Now, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, this is also for the women really good, turn all your worries over to him. He cares about you. See, we cannot carry it alone. Man, you cannot carry it alone. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. See, your biggest sins are not your problems. Or your biggest problem are not your sins, excuse me. Your biggest problem is that you do not pray. If we would pray, God would help us with our problems. If we would pray, God would help us with our temptations. In 2 Chronicles 7.14 it says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to humble ourselves, pray, and seek the face of God. What will happen? He will, he will help us. He will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land or heal our family. We need healing in our families. And dad, it starts with us. It starts with men. So it's, now we get to the final point. Are you learning anything? So we as men need to be protectors. We need to be providers. We need to be promoters. We need to be priests. Now, what if the dad is completely missing? Or the dad is not a believer? Well, the, man, the, the woman, the wife, will have to do some of these things. She'll have to pray. She will have to, to promote and to provide and also to protect. But it's really the role of the father, the role of the man. Number five is he's a prophet. He speaks into their lives. What does a prophet do? A prophet speaks God's word to people. And that's what a true man of God, a true father, should really do. He tells them what they can do and who they can be. You're better than that. This is not the end. The best lies ahead of you. Now, I got my two little boys right there sitting with mom. They love their mom, but I know they also love me, right? You love me? Gideon, Samson, you love me? Yes, I know you do. Smiling on <laughs> It's awesome. And 
When I ask Samson, how much do you love me? He always says one word, unlimited. <laughs> unlimited. He loves me unlimited. How much do you love God? It's the next question I ask. He says, more than unlimited. <laughs> That's his answer. Right, Samson? That's awesome. So I pray for them. I speak words of life over them. Now, Christy prays for them every night. And usually, most of the time, right, boys? Call me a liar if I say, if I'm not telling the truth. If this, most of the time, I still pray for you, right? Even when mom prays for you. You come and pray for me, right? And then, then oh, okay, you can tell the truth. and It's okay. Uh, let's say five times out of seven days. You know, when I'm home, when, 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 when I'm around, I pray for them before they go to sleep. And I always pray the same thing, don't I? What do I pray? I pray, help them to become mighty men of God, full of your word and full of your Spirit, do I say that every time? Every single time. I pray, for, I lay my hands on them and I say, help them to become mighty men of God, full of your word and full of your spirit every night. And sometimes I say, let me pray for you. Oh, Mom already prayed. I said, it doesn't matter. Come here. So I pray. Mom prayed. I pray still. Mom already prayed. I pray anyway because the Father's touch and the Father's hand and the Father's prayer is what we need in this world. Amen? Very important. We are the prophets. That doesn't mean we get to, you know, uh, say things we like. No, that, that's, that's, that would be false prophecy, you know. We, we speak God's word of our family, over our family. We prophesy the word of God. In Revelations, it, it says the, the word of God is the spirit. The word of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Very important. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament that just comes to mind. It's when uh, Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons, right? And he had a favorite wife. He had more than one wife, which shouldn't be, but that's the way it was. And Rachel uh, bore him two children, Joseph. And his last son, his very last son was Benjamin. But... His mother died giving birth. Rachel actually died giving birth in probably horrible pain. We can't imagine probably nowadays with epidural and all kinds of medication. <laughs> it's a different story, right? But she called him Benoni. Benoni, meaning son of my sorrow. As she was giving birth, she realized she's dying. And she called him Benoni, meaning son of my sorrow. And then the, the midwife came and said, look, look, Jacob, you have a son, and his name is Benoni. He said, no, 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 no. His name is Benjamin, son of my strength, son of my strength, son of my youth. <laughs> Crazy, huh? So, and from Benjamin came the kings of Israel. So his father told him, who he was. How important is that? To have a father who tells you who you are. So we pray for our sons and daughters. We lay hands on our sons and our daughters. We pray for them because that's our job as fathers. A great father is a protector, a provider, a promoter, 
of his children, a priest over his house, and a prophet to his children. Now you may ask, Carl Michael, where'd you get those points? Thanks for the question. Every one of that, every one of those five things is wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus is our protector. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is our promoter. He loves us. Jesus is our great high priest that opened for us the way into the heavenly throne room. And Jesus is our one and true prophet, the way, the truth, and the life, speaking truth to us always. Our protector, our provider, our promoter, our priest, and our prophet. And not only that, Jesus showed us the Father. He gave us the Father. See, the people back then didn't know God as Father. Jesus came and says, me and the Father are one. Before then, it was God. It was Yahweh. I am, the great I am. But now, we can call Him Father. And I know this message hurts for a lot of people because the role of the Father is, is a, lot, a lot of times absent. Very absent. I call them absentee fathers. But God is a father for you and your children. And your ch If you're raising boys and girls alone without a dad, God is a father to you and your children. In 2 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, I will be a father to you and you shall be, a son shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Isn't that great? So, Jesus is our protector. He's our provider. He's our promoter. He's our priest, our great priest. He's our prophet speaking truth into our lives. And he showed us the Father. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. If you have seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. Isn't that awesome? Let's stand up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everything you've done for us. You see our world and you see our times that we live in and you see that we live in a fatherless society, a fatherless world. I know there's people here and watching that have great fathers, that have good fathers, that have fathers that are there doing what they can and know to do. But that's really a minority in these days. 40% of all children, excuse me, 60% of all children by the age of 18, that their parents are divorced. There's not both parents there, only one. Only 40% of them. And God, we thank you that no matter what our situation is, we can trust you as, as our protector, provider, promoter, priest, and prophet. We thank you, God, for it. We praise and worship you. And Heavenly Father, thank you that you're here for us, that we can come to your throne anytime. 
God, we love you. And through Jesus, we have a new heavenly Father. If you're watching online and you don't have a relationship to God through Jesus Christ, pray this. Say, Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I receive your life. I give you mine. Forgive me my sins. Wash me white as snow. Let me start again. A new life. Thank you. I have new life now. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's so many things we could pray right now. If you have an absent father, you don't even know your father, your father is not there for you, forgive him. See, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. When you forgive, you become free. You get free. As long as you don't forgive, you're bound up. So forgiveness is something you give to yourself. Forgive. Let go. Do that today. Say, Jesus, I forgive my father and I forgive completely and totally. And I trust you to be my father and to restore my life. If you're a mother raising children alone, you might pray for a father for your children. Don't take the first man coming down the, the pipe. Pray that God would send a man, a father into your life for your children. Not the one who is the richest or looks the best, but one who wants to be a father stepfather, a substitute father, a surrogate father. We need them. And pray that God would send a man for your children that can father them. Father, we thank you so much for your wonderful Holy Spirit. Thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to comfort our hearts. God, we love you so much. And today, we forgive, we let go, and I pray that you would raise up men, fathers, uncles, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, men, Men that maybe don't even have their own children, but they are willing to be fathers in a fatherless society. God, we pray this today as a, as a church, as a family, with, all, with, with these women here to, this afternoon. God, it's give them wisdom to pray for the men, pray for their fathers. We believe you, God, because fatherlessness is destroying our society. Where are the men? Here we are. God, I'm one of them. I want to be one of them. And I want other men to stand up and take responsibility. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful?
I see him written on your shirt. He's also written on your heart, on my heart, on your heart. See, let me just close with this. I realize this is tough stuff. This is hard for most of us. Because the father relationship is, in most cases, not the one it should be. That's why we have to talk about it, right? You're not alone. God is your father. And just pray. If you want a man in your life, a father in your life, pray. If your father is with you and he's not what he should be, pray for him, right? If he died already, make peace with him. Say, I forgive you. He can't hear you, but <laughs> you give yourself the gift of forgiveness. You let go, okay? And then you have a new father, God, and a great brother, Jesus, who is your protector, your provider, your promoter, your priest, and your prophet. Hallelujah. Amen.